0: Hi everyone, this is Scott from Prepare to Answer. I want to share some news with you about an exciting new resource that we've created called So Much More Than Sex. It's no secret that the subject of sex is one of the biggest concerns for young Christians today. That's why we've created So Much More Than Sex for senior teens and young adults. It's a four-part video series complete with notes and discussion questions that you can do with your young adult's class, small group, or even on your own. The point of the series is to help you shift the narrative about sex away from seeing biblical teaching as little more than an outdated list of do's and don'ts, and replacing it with the overwhelmingly positive, life-giving, and eternally significant vision that the Bible gives for your sexually ordered body. If you want to get in on the So Much More Than Sex series, just follow the link in the episode description. And now we turn to today's episode. A common objection that Christians often face is you're a Christian, but you wouldn't be a Christian if you weren't born in a Christian home or the only reason you're a Christian is because you were born, you know, in Canada. If if you had been born in a Muslim country or a Hindu country, you'd be a Muslim or you'd be a Hindu. So it's kind of thrown out as the objection as to why you hold the beliefs that you do.
1: Welcome to another edition of Prepared to Answer's podcast. My name is Sean Walker, and I am joined by Scott Steen. We hope you've been able to check out our other podcasts. You can catch them at preparedtoanswer.org. So we're switching gears this week, and we're actually going to do a Q&A day today. Are you up for that, Scott? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Good. As long as the questions
0: aren't too hard. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> Good. So we actually, we had a question come in over Facebook and I'll just grab it here and uh, we'll read it and we'll get started. So the question goes, hey, so I have a friend that I've been talking to for the past number of months. His current argument is that I have grown up as a Christian and have a biased view and therefore can't prove that Christianity is true over other religions slash beliefs since I don't have enough knowledge of those. Our conversations seem to keep coming back to this topic lately. And his question is, any insight? How do I approach this? How do I answer it?
0: Uh, okay, that's, that's actually a good question. It's um, a common objection that Christians often face is you're a Christian, but you wouldn't be a Christian if you weren't born in a Christian home, or the only reason you're a Christian is because you were born you know, in Canada. If, if you had been born in a Muslim country or a Hindu country, you'd be a Muslim or you'd be a Hindu. So it's kind of thrown out as the objection as to why you hold the beliefs that you do. C.S. Lewis once said this, and I think it's very insightful. He said that before you can show why someone is wrong, you need to show them that he's wrong. And this is hardly ever done anymore. What people tend to do is they, they tend to disqualify a position or an argument based upon the arguer's reasons for holding that position. So here's some examples that I hear echoed in the public debate, the arguments on social media, etc. You know, socialists will say capitalists defend capitalism because they're the rich business people who benefit from the capitalist system. Of course, they're going to defend capitalism. And on the other side, capitalists often argue against socialism by saying the only reason socialists want to defend socialism is because they want to control everything. They want everything to be their way. So socialism allows them to decide what's best for everyone so they can just map out things the way they want. Or sometimes people would say something like, well, the reason social conservatives defend traditional marriage is because they all want to maintain patriarchal control over women. Of course, they're going to defend traditional marriage. So, so what's interesting is if you notice in all those kinds of arguments, it's the person's motivations which are being attacked in order to invalidate their position and not the particular tenets of the position itself here's what C.S. Lewis observed. He said that in this kind of argumentation, you're basically assuming that the person's position is wrong from the outset. And what you give in evidence of support is the person's motives for holding their belief or their argument. So in this case, with the person who sent the question in, the person they're talking to is assuming Christianity is false. And instead of evaluating or arguing for or against what Christianity is Purporting to be true, right? What it's actually what the truth claims of Christianity are, they're instead attacking the person's reasons for holding them. In this case, the only reason you believe in Christianity is because you grew up in a Christian home. Okay, Lewis actually he actually coined a term for this line of argumentation. He called it Bulverism, and it's not that's not a that's not a technical name. It's not Latin for anything. He actually named it after a fictitious character that he made up, named Ezekiel Bulver. And Ezekiel Bulver, as a young lad, discovered this line of argumentation as he was listening to his parents have a discussion or an argument at the kitchen table one day. And his father was trying to convince his mother that in any given triangle, the sum of two sides is always longer than the total of the third. So if you add the two sides of any triangle together, that length will always be longer than the third side. To which his mother replied, oh, the only reason you think that way is because you're a man. <laughs> right? So here's what Lewis actually said. He said, the modern method is to assume without discussion that your opponent is wrong, and then distract his attention from this, which is the only real issue, by busily explaining to them how he became so silly in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) So... So I think the first thing that this person should do is just point out the logical error. They're no longer arguing for or against the truthfulness of Christianity. They're arguing that his reasons for believing in Christianity are biased or tainted.
1: So then what would you suggest that they say to this individual? Or do you point them to something? How do you respond?
0: Yeah, well, I think there are three things I would say to that. The first thing I would say is something I say to, to everyone to learn how to ask really good questions. Because I think it's important to remember that in cases where we're sharing the gospel, our interest is never in trying to win an argument. It's in trying to win the person. And so asking good questions has a way of penetrating a person's defenses and getting them to start doing the work of questioning their own assumptions. Whereas if we just always come in on the defensive, they're just going to keep coming up with reasons to argue against. And sometimes that's unavoidable, but sometimes one of the best things we can do is just help them start thinking through why it is they hold the position they hold. And so in a case like this, the first question I would ask would be, so you've got me. I have grown up in a Christian home. That probably has had a huge influence on why I'm a Christian. But how does that bias make me incapable of knowing whether or not the facts of Christianity are true? How does that make me incapable of determining whether the facts of Christianity are true or not? What has the one got to do with the other? Which is a question. You throw that question out, then that person now has to think through their reasoning. Well, why would that be the case? Right. I think the second thing I would ask them or point out to them is the fact that their argument cuts both ways. If I'm incapable of proving that my beliefs are true because of my upbringing, then that must be equally true for them. Therefore, what I would say to them, so if it's true that I can't determine if Christianity is true because of the bias of my upbringing, wouldn't it likewise be true that you're not capable of proving that your beliefs are true and that Christianity is false because of the bias of your upbringing? In which case, how can we know anything is true?
1: And that's a topic for another podcast.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's right. Right. Sure. That would be a whole other discussion. Probably the third thing I would say, and this would be... You know, and again, I don't want to I don't want to argue a person into the corner and make them, you know, and browbeat them. What I want to do is I want to ask questions that would keep the conversation going. And so I think the third thing I would say or the, the last thing I would say would be this, that, you know, it seems like dismissing each other's beliefs on the basis of our upbringing isn't really an intellectually honest way of determining whether our beliefs are in fact true. Now, wouldn't it be better to evaluate the truth of our beliefs based on the reasons and evidence that exist for or against their truthfulness? I mean, isn't that how we determine if something is true or false? We apply reason and thinking and evidence and see if there's sufficient warrant or reason to believe something, is the truthfulness of something or not.
1: Right. And where could this gentleman then take his friend in terms of, of a path, I guess, or maybe questions in terms of, of dissecting that, dissecting the truth of Christianity?
0: Well, I think, I think in this case, once you, once you expose the fallacy of the argument, then what that allows you to do is, re- is to return the discussion back to what is the material point, not what the, mo- what the person's motives for believing Christianity are, but whether or not the truth claims of Christianity, whether, there is, whether or not there is sufficiently good reason to believe that they are true, you know, I think what we could, what you could do is, is put a good book in their hand or a resource. And one that I often recommend, actually the series I often recommend to people, which has been around for a while, but it's a very good one, is the Case 4 series by Lee Strobel. I think it was Case for Christ was first, and then Case for Faith, and then Case for Creator. Because he, as an atheist, his wife came to Christ, and he really set out to debunk Christianity because he was so miffed that his wife became a Christian. And in the process, as an investigative reporter... That was his background. He started doing the research, investigating the evidence in favor of Christianity's truthfulness. And what he thought is that he would find that it was just so full of holes and he could expose the fallacy of Christianity. And in turn, what happened is that he discovered that there's so much evidence in favor of it. Eventually, God used that to break down those barriers of disbelief and he became a Christian. So those books are very evidence-rich books from philosophy, from science, from history, from theology, from all kinds of scholarly fields, just presenting good evidence for the truthfulness of the Christian message. So that's what I would, I would recommend.
1: Thanks, Scott. Those sound like good resources that we can take advantage of.
0: Just want to circle
1: back to the question that he had sent in and something that I don't know if we've, we've quite touched on. Was that his friend had mentioned that because he didn't have a good knowledge of other religions and beliefs because he had only grown up in a Christian household, then he wouldn't be able to know that Christianity is true. Is that something as Christians we need to, for lack of a better word, avail ourselves of is other religions and
0: what they believe in? Well, yeah, I think that it's always useful to have an understanding of other religions and what other people believe. I think when it comes to witness, we should always make sure that we are first understanding the person we're talking to so that we're not just talking at them. And that's why, as I mentioned earlier, I think asking good questions is important. Do we have to have a thorough understanding of other religions in order to defend the truthfulness of Christianity? Well, I think that circles back to the bulverism argument. The answer to that would be no. I don't need to understand the full beliefs of every other religion in order to know that Christianity is true, because I'm not comparing Christianity to other religions. What I'm doing is I'm evaluating the truth claims of Christianity on their own merit. What is it that Christianity is claiming? And is there sufficient reason in terms of coherence and comprehension and evidence? Is there sufficient reason to say that they are or are not true? Now, this is, of course, leaving out of the equation the role of the Holy Spirit, because ultimately the way we have certainty of our faith is not by weighing evidence. Those things certainly add to our knowledge and add to our confidence, but ultimately our certainty comes from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God who makes the things of God perceivable or understandable to our fallen minds. And without that enlightening work of the Spirit... We would have no way of understanding. No matter how much evidence was presented before us, we could never know that it was true, not in any kind of saving sense. So I think that's important to remember. But back to the, the original question, I think he can circle back to the bulverism argument that my my knowledge of or lack of knowledge of other religions has nothing to do with my ability to evaluate the truth claims of Christianity.
1: Right. Right. Thanks, Scott. And what I appreciate about what you've said is, is asking questions of the person that you're talking to in all situations, uh, because it, it brings it down to the level of relationship, right? That, that mm-hmm. we really, we want to build a relationship
0: with this person that we're talking to. Absolutely. And asking questions is respectful. And I think that the way that we communicate, mm-hmm. the way that we answer, the way that we defend our faith is as important as the things that we say.
1: Right. Right. And and through those questions, we gain a knowledge of that person's beliefs. And what better way could you show someone that you cared about them That's right. Yeah. Uh, than to understand who they are and why they believe what they believe?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we should always keep the long game in mind when we're sharing the gospel with people that we may well not see them turn their lives to Christ. We might just be one touch point that God brings along in a very long story of how he takes them from unbelief to belief. And so we want to speak truth. We want to leave them with something that the Holy Spirit can use to work on them. And we don't want them to walk away having a negative perception of Christians because of the way that we respond. Mm -hmm. Right. If people are going to take offense, I want them to take offense at the truth of the gospel, not to take offense at me. Right. Right.
1: Good. Well, thanks, Scott. And it goes without saying that we should be praying for the person that we're witnessing to.
0: Absolutely. Good good reminder and
1: we'll be praying for this individual as he continues to witness and uh, we encourage him to do that and we encourage you to send in questions to scott and i for our q a sessions on our podcast we hope this has been helpful to you if you have any questions about what scott has been talking about today then please send them in we'd be more than happy to answer thanks scott okay thank you sean we'll see you next time
0: This podcast has been a ministry of Prepared to Answer. Our mission at Prepared to Answer is to help prepare, equip, and encourage the Church of Jesus Christ to grow in confidence of faith by teaching Christians to think like Jesus. To access more resources to help you begin understanding life and the world around you with the mind of Jesus, visit our website at www.preparedtoanswer.org Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, at prepared to answer. Or contact us directly by email at infopreparedtoanswer.org. At May the Lord bless and keep you.